Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. We stayed up all night for the best match ever. The result wasn't right, but we won't forget her. Is that the greatest test match in the history of test cricket? I mean, right. First of all, I was hoping for more best song ever by One Direction there, a la Simon Roberts. It took me a little while to get what it was, but then I was I was fully into it. Eugene was just looking confused because he was like, what the fuck is going I mean, on? I think, I, think, I think I've done well. I think I've won a quiz show on TV there. If, that, if that's come up, I've, I've picked that quite quickly. Anyway, this is Slogging It. I am John O'Gordon. That is Eugene the Buffalo Berger. And that is Simon Rantmaster Flash Roberts. Very excited to see what he's got for us tonight. He's been prepping us for it off air. So buckle up, ladies and gents. Robbo's double-strapped bowling boots and he is off the long run tonight. Right. To your question, Simon. Eugene, I'll let you go first. Well, I, I compile an answer in my tiny little mind. What was the question? <laughs> Is, was that test match that we witnessed between New Zealand and England the result in a one-run one victory for New Zealand the greatest test match of all time? I'm going to be 100% honest. I watched up until lunch, a.k.a. what 12 o'clock UK time, and then I went to sleep. I did not watch the whole thing. So from my perspective, I woke up, saw a one-run victory, and I went, must have been a good game. I watched until Joe Root was out, who quickly followed Ben Stokes being out, and then thought, we've got no chance. So I turned over and went to sleep. I would like to suggest that it is the second best test match that I've witnessed as an England fan. I still think that 2005 Edgebaston would beat it. Maybe that's the emotional attachment because we won against the Aussies in the Ashes. But it's a great advert for Test Cricket. 
It's a really good advert of Test Cricket. I've got a few things that I want to cover off on this. So is it a missed opportunity by England? Yes, I think you would you would have to say that. But I was really pleased to see that they were able to adapt. Some of them, anyway, were able to adapt their approach in order to try and win the game. So Wicket was obviously doing a bit. But they never expected to be in that position. They never expected Kane Williamson to score 132 following on. Like New Zealand are now the fourth side ever to win a test match following on, which is a phenomenal result in itself. Obviously, Brooke being run out. I told you he's got a lot to prove, didn't I? Hey, eh? we finally found that chance. Finally found Joe Root. Oh. Got barbecued. <laughs> Joe Root's absolutely sold him, to be fair. It's a brilliant piece of fielding by Michael Bracewell. But obviously how good Brooke had been, I think that's turned the game. I think the way Stokes is obviously in a lot of trouble on his knee. He was probably forced to play differently, played a lot more circumspectly than normally he would do. Ben Folks continues to impress with kind of shepherd in the tail. I've heard about this wide thing. Eugene mentioned off air, maybe this should have been a wide, the ball before, which would have meant a tied game. I'd, I'd, if England, I, I think, and I'm sure Simon will agree with me, with it, me, England are good enough to win that test, they win that test. Like You can't rely on an umpire to to kind of give you a result to to kind of get to a positive result. But I think Crawley got a good ball. Duckett played a bad shot. Pope, how was Pope out? Nicked off, I think. He guided it to second slip, I remember. Oh, yeah, poor shot. Yeah. I mean, Root got away with that shot three or four times when I was watching it, to be fair. Brooke, obviously, cooked. Root, 95. You would expect Joe Root. I thought as long as Root's in, we win the game comfortably. But Wagner, 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 Wagner. Wagner, the guy, from, Wagner. the guy from X Factor in the <laughs> late noughties. <laughs> yeah, yeah, with the, with the chest hair and the op- open shirts. Yeah, he, he looked a bit like somewhere between Ron Jeremy and Meatloaf. Yeah, one of them. What a shout that is. Yeah, one <laughs> one of one of whom's in a lot of trouble, and the other one is dead. Anyway, what a spell he bowled. He came on and, and changed the game, didn't he? So I think it shows that. England can be adaptable, which I think is something that we needed to see. Yes, we've ended up on the wrong side of it. Yes, to win seven tests in a row would have been a phenomenal achievement. I don't think we've done it since 2004 or maybe 2007. No, 2004, I think, is is right. Anyway, but I think there are positives to come out of this defeat. And I don't think it slows down the train of Ben Ball or Buzz Ball or whatever you want to call it. I think it actually showed us a lot that that we can take into the ashes. So we're not just going to go and try and twat every ball over the ropes. We, we've still obviously got that in the locker, but I think it shows that we can be adaptable to a situation. So I'm quite happy with, despite the loss, kind of how we went about our cricket. I, I agree. Oh my God. Right, hold the fucking phone. That is the third time in 2023 that Simon's agreed with me on the actual podcast. I cannot believe my fucking look. I, I cannot stand lazy punditry dickheads who have never played a bean of cricket who feel the need to comment on social media that say this shot was shit that shot was shit this oh, this way's not working anymore we've just won seven on the bounce we won three nil in pakistan and like it was the greatest way of cricket that they've ever played oh no we're not adaptable well can can we not just for a minute accept that other people are allowed to play well. But like th- the thing that makes th- that makes this test for me the best test of all of all time, certainly that I've seen and that I've that's happened while I've been around, is the fact that 
both England went from twenty one for three to three hundred and sixty for three. Right, they went from in the shit to what you'd say is on top of the game. In New Zealand's first innings, they went from one hundred and two for seven, managed to get within two ten. Came Williamson. Tim Southey. I mean, Tim Southey. Southey went in and believed it. Yeah. So they've then following on in their second innings. Kane Williamson has played ridiculous innings. All the time, you look at the bowlers that are taking the wickets. There's important spells being bowled. Like people are playing well. They're playing. Both teams are playing positive, aggressive cricket. And then you look in this in, in the final innings, and yeah, we we got knocked over four down early, but then Root and Stokes to start off with have started building and put on a bit of a partnership. Mm. We've then so Joe Root stood up in ninety five. But then to finish it off, Wagner's come in and bowled a ridiculous spell of bowling that's, again, in that aggressive mindset and finished the game off. From their team being completely out of it, England have gone from being completely out of it when they're four down for 100. They've then gone completely back into it, 200 for four, or something like that. And then Wagner's come in. Wagner, you've got me saying that shit. <laughs> and... and and for me, it was just, it was everything in the game of cricket, whether it's T20, whether it's test match cricket. And the, the thing about test match cricket is it just builds it over a longer period of time. This bollocks that people come out with, that is, they can never, and it's one of the reasons why I don't want to talk about a wide. Because if, if you've lost a game because one umpire hasn't called one wide, you're fishing. Yeah. And I, I've got a big issue at the minute with, I think it's just lazy punditry. When people go to it, when people are asking Ben Stokes afterwards, well, with hindsight, would you f- fuck off? Who's ever captain with hindsight? They can't. You, you can't do it. No. And when you get fucking every dick and his dog having an opinion on, well, should Ollie Pope have tried to run that one? If he hits it for four, it's fine. But that that's the risk they play. You've seen Dean Elgar get out in a game today. He's uppercut two for four, played it again, got caught third man. Yeah. No people can say is well, it's not not a great shot. And to be fair to the commentators, they went just didn't execute it. The one thing this England team have said is don't ever doubt the the desire to do something. If you have a thought, go for it. If you execute it poorly, then that happens. Everyone gets stuff wrong. But let's just let's just have a look and appreciate how well both sides have played in this game and right. praise the positives. I don't know where to go here, lads. I was expecting a rant of, we could have done this better. We could have done that better. The wide should have been there. I was set up for this today because I was going to go. Right. Remember back in 2000 and whenever the World Cup final was, when that six was a five, and all of a sudden it's like, do you know what? The rub of the green for a change has gone New Zealand's way. Yeah. yeah. It's it's one of those where I've heard so much on social media about there could have been this and if and this, that. And it's been, what, for a change... Something has gone against England. You go back to the Leach and Stokes innings when Stokes won that game against Australia where Lyon got Stokes plum LBW, but that's the way they the reviews. reviews. Yeah. Yeah. Again, luck of the draw. I totally get that. I, I, I was just, on, I was going, guys, for a change, England have been on the wrong end. Just, just it's common. Anyway, I was going to get that, but you guys, I wasn't expecting that from I you. Think, going, yeah. I think, I think, <laughs> Eugene, I think this is why Simon and I are now where. Uh, be becoming widely referred to as the two best pundits in world cricket because people are beginning to see us as adaptable and balanced and balanced views and this that and the other. That that's right. That's right, isn't it, Simon? People people are saying that, right? I I, I think we. I, I'm pretty sure we're top ten. <laughs> well, top you're, ten. You're, you're, 
top He's 10 definitely top 10 in this podcast. <laughs> definitely. <laughs> but no, it's just, just like sport is sport and sport is amazing. And I, I just think there's something where other teams are allowed to play well. Other, other teams are allowed to win important moments in a game. And that's what eventually decides the winner. If you can win the key moments, and and that's what made this game so good, was that each team seemed to keep swapping over the key moments. Like one team would grab it and pull it, and then the other team grabbed it and and took it back. And then it was this, this ebb and flow, and it was all played in a very positive and aggressive manner. But yet, it's still gone five days. Mm. You've still seen both teams score over six hundred, nearly seven hundred runs, and. Which in so fourteen hundred best part of fourteen hundred runs in a test match over four over a, well four and three quarter days, and you're standing there, and and people can all people can do is go, it's not a gap to bottle, or it was a wide. Oh, shut up, shut up, and get over it. Just that, for once, what you've witnessed is ridiculous. And even Ben Stokes said you've seen the videos of them afterwards having play, having a kick about playing keepy up and playing. The, but the two teams doing it together yeah, yeah. amazing, right? Which is brilliant. And that's at the end of a series. And, and for me, it's just, and it always seems to be England, whenever England play New Zealand, it's in whatever cricket is, it's competitive, it's played in the right spirit, it's positive. It's just how cricket should be played. Yeah. And, and that for me is why I can't stand why people want to be, can find a bean to be critical about when you've just witnessed. Exactly, that and that's what we want Test cricket to be. That that Test match there, it's been a, a a decent pitch which has had a bit in it between bat and ball, where people have played played in the in the right manner. It's been played in the right spirit. You're not had any shit. You probably had just enough little verbals with Wagner and 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 that kind of stuff to keep it spicy. Mm. And and then you come out of it at the end of it with a with a one run victory, and both teams are having a kick about afterwards on the pitch. Yeah. Sorry, there's obviously, I, yeah. There's, there's obviously a lot of respect between the two sides. They got on well. They both both sides want to play to win, and it, it, it's healthy. That's what competitive sport should be about. I think. I just want to bring up. I've got one positive thing, one positive about a player. Obviously, there's one one fellow that still needs to really prove himself, as proven in the first innings when Joe Root carried him through the entire thing. And and there's there's one there's one kind of slight negative. Now, I'm a big Ben Folks fan, but I think in terms of world cricket, keeper-wise, keeper-batter-wise, maybe it's just because he plays so well against us, but I think he's now beginning to put together a pretty good record. Tom Blundell, that bloke's phenomenal. He just seems to just get, just get runs, but he, he will move through gears. He's really tight in defence, but he, he seems to play brilliantly against us at all times. So that's the really positive that I want us to just touch on a minute obviously we really like the way that the England this England setup is going about their cricket and the mentality and this that and the other but how much rope is enough rope is Zach Crawley now beginning to get too many favours from his big mate Rob Key that's my negative and obviously the, the middle one was a joke about Harry Brook because he's he's really he's really really quite good apart from his running needs work you're saying Bolt needs to train him if he's going to make that single. <laughs> Duncan Fletcher, and I, I think you might have met Duncan Fletcher, Simon, when you, but all those years ago. But he did he did always say, if you get run out, don't come back in the dressing room unless you put a full length dive in. So I'm not I interested. He, I, I don't even think a full length dive would have got in there. I was going to say he might have only been out by nine yards. <laughs> I absolutely agree with you on Tom Blundell. 
808 runs at an average of 73.45 in his last 12 tests with two tons. So it's not just against England. Yeah. He has absolutely... Talking of the bees, you've got well, the, five, the, the five. Sorry, just to interject, five of them would have been against England because we had three against the Mail last summer, didn't we? Yeah. Okay. But I mean, there's the two bees in the side. There's Blundell, which is just unbelievable, and then there's Bracewell, who I think I could have bowled better than him because he was bowling a pile of shit. He was getting it to turn big yesterday, though, on that day five wicket, but just he had Stokes in a bit of trouble. What was his figures? I think his figures must have been absolutely yeah, uh, seventeen Joe, overs for seventy-three runs. Yeah, Joe, Joe Joe Root just kept any time he threw one up in the air, Joe Root just danced down and whacked yeah. him into the stands. That's the thing. Yeah. What about Crawley Huge? What's your view there? Because I kind of think I know where Robbo's going with his view on it. I think enough fake has been shown from my perspective. The one thing I don't know is who replaces him. Yeah, maybe that's more of the problem as to why Crawley's remaining in situ is because. Duckett's come in and he's batting fantastically well. And I don't think he was an opener by trade until they converted him to an opener. Yeah, but he, he has opened it for England before, mainly in sub, subterranean. Underground? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's a small lad, but... <laughs> no, in, AKA uh, the mole. In sub, uh, sub, sub thing. Subcontinental. That's it. Yeah, I almost went sub-Saharan. That was my second option. <laughs> yeah, to be fair, Egypt. he'd probably do all right there. It's, it's dry, isn't it? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but I think he would typically bat three for knots, but he's done really well. He's done really, yeah. really well. Yeah. Yeah. I just don't know who he'd open with him. So I think that's why Crawley's got so much faith shown in him. Is Alex, because Lees, he's the next Alex best. Lees has done all right in the Lions stuff, but then, you know, how much better is the standard? At... But, you know, how much influence does Rob Key have on the selection of Zach Crawley, with Crawley being his property. He shouldn't. He shouldn't. He's, he's not part of the selection panel. He is part of the selection panel. He is the selection panel, he isn't is he? Until selection somebody... panel, yeah. yeah. So you might say he has quite a lot of influence on it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you mean you mean all of all of the influence on yeah. it? Yeah, yeah. And don't get me wrong, I think Rob Key is doing a, an absolutely fucking phenomenal job. He, alongside Ben Stokes and Brennan McCollum, has absolutely turned around the fortunes of England's red ball cricket. So... It's, it, but th- this is the one thing where I'm going, mm, are you letting emotional attachment maybe cloud your judgment a little bit? Well, we don't. The thing for me is you, 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 when he scores runs, he scores big runs. Are England in a position with the other options? Have, have there, there hasn't been anyone else who's stood up. and I mean, he's only averaging 27 or something, whatever it is, which I know is not great. But everyone else who's come in and averaged 27, like, like Lees did and, and like... The the list from basically Alistair Cook till now has fundamentally been we average between twenty and thirty. They haven't got the scores that he has when he gets in. Yeah, that's fair. So I think what they're probably working on the theory of is well, we know he can score big runs, and we know when he gets in, and he plays in the right manner. And like like Brendan McCullen has openly said, we know what he can what he can do. And what he can do is more than the others, the other options at the minute. Yeah. So, for me, it's one of those things. Like I'm not. I think it'd be interesting come the summer when you've got. I mean, you're going to have the, the, the first bit of county championship cricket when the likes of Jacks and and these guys are going to be getting another run through in the in the early rounds of the county championship. You, you've got Johnny Bairstow coming back in. And like you talked about, Ben Folks. Ben Folks is 
carved a bit of a niche for himself out at number seven in that time where where he, he he becomes one of the more stable hands with him and Root bats at four, he bats at seven. And they're kind of the two holders, if you like, in the in the side. Ben Stokes sometimes switches around the way he plays. We saw that today or early this morning. So it'll be interesting to see what they come up with. I, I think they'll probably try and get Bairstow to open the bat in. And yeah. people say Duckett's done all right. If you look at, he, he has done okay. He's averaging over 60. Well, yeah, he's done better than all right then. But <laughs> is he? Is he actually yeah. averaging over 60? Yeah, he was, I think he was averaging 66 before last night. Oh, okay. In in his last, since he's come back into the side. Yeah, so you, you're looking at that. I mean, and if, and if they give him... The, the the challenge for him will always be when it comes Steve over here, and, and 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 it starts. I mean, obviously, you look at this test and it has it round a bit, and he and he and he did okay. But again, what he doesn't necessarily do is he doesn't. You'd say he's he's averaging. Has he got a, he got a hundred? He got one hundred in Pakistan. Yeah, well, he scored consistently, hasn't he? He's, yeah, but that's that's quite often been the problem when they, these guys they've been consistent, but they've been and everyone's going, oh, he looks good, he looks good, forty five. Oh, he looks good, he looks good, fifty. And then when all of a sudden they've had a shit run. It's been naught to ten five, whatever, and all of a sudden you average back down at twenty two. Yeah, but you you've not or you've had one hundred. And you look at like when they had Adam Lyde, Halesy. You, you look at all these other guys that they tried, and yes, it's a different environment now, so it might be a bit different. But so for me, Duckett, he's still got a he's had a good start, but let's give him the same amount of time that they've given Crawley, yeah, Crawley, yeah, and see where he gets now. I quite like the way that they they're both very different as an opening pick. You look at like without going trying to create too many serialities to like a Hayden and a Langer kind kind of scenario going off. You've got the big guy that wants to come at you, and you've got the nuggety guy that wants to cut and play you more off the back foot. Yeah. So they they've got that kind of partnership that works out. But again, for me, it's the other options. But you would yeah. have to agree that Crawley'd have to go before Duckett based on yeah yeah yeah, yeah. based on well, certainly the stats that you've given me at the minute. But we all know that there's every chance Crawley rocks our first test of the summer. Well, absolutely, and can get can get two hundred. Yeah, well, they are playing Ireland, so well, no, but you, yeah, <laughs> but he could he could sit and go county championship double hundred, double hundred, double hundred. Yeah, he's almost been. He's one of those guys that seems to be stuck betwixt and between Crawley, isn't he? He's almost too good for county championship, but has never really. Yes, he's had some very big scores in Test cricket. But he's never really done it consistently. I mean, you say to yeah. people talk about Rob Key being his mentor. He's basically the same as Rob Key. Same, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, the stats never lie. So Zach Crawley, twenty-two twenty-three season, averaging twenty-nine point three. Ben Duckett, twenty-two twenty-three season, averaging fifty-seven. Yeah, because yeah. he had a low one yesterday, so that's where that'll change. Yeah. Right, we should move on. We we should move on. India are going to beat Australia in the next five days, as that's starting in about probably six and a half hours from now. That's all that needs to be said there. You think um, it's going to go five days? It's interesting. How much is Australia's flight bill? I'll tell you what, they're not flying sardine class either, are they? They're not. They're not. Like, Pat Cummins has done probably the best part of 20 grand in flights. Swepson's gone, come back, gone, come back. Ashton Agar's now gone back. Pat Cummins yeah. is not coming back though, right? He's just flown there and come back because he's he's got a bereavement in the family. His mom's not well. Yeah, but apparently he's, he's come, coming back for the third test. That was a, the stuff the other day. No, he's not. Oh, okay. Hazel yeah, would have gone home, hasn't he? Injured. Injured, yeah. Yeah, yeah so my, I'll put it this way. I stand to be corrected, but I'm pretty sure 
is the mums and really not well. So we wish yeah, her well. Yeah. And, and I feel very sorry for him. And I know we're making a joke out of the flight situation, but yeah. it just seems odd. They don't seem to know who they're picking, when they're picking them, how they're picking them. Yeah. Well, I mean, they picked one seamer in the last game. He's not available. The, yeah. the, 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 the strangest selection was Ashton Agar, who they took over as the second spinner. When you work it out, he's actually now the fifth spinner. He's gone back to go and play for Victoria. Hmm. He's not even available for the third test. He's flown back to go and play yeah. for Victoria. I mean, it's very strange. No doubt they'll have a change of coach and it'll all get sorted out. And then in about a year's time, there'll be someone with sandpaper in the underpants. He's saying Cameron's going to be. Is it Cameron? What was his yeah, name? Yeah, he's looking good again Cameron now, Bancroft. though, isn't he? Yeah, he is. Cameron Bancroft, all of a sudden, these names That's why being I said, wait until he gets in. Then all yeah. of a sudden, Stark's going to be swinging the ground corner. He's going to go whole hog. He's going to have a black and decker <laughs> just plugged into his sphincter. Careful how you say that. Yeah. I'm sure there's some you videos think... of that you can find on the internet. Someone yeah. with a black and decker in the sphincter. Anyway, family podcast, family podcast. Yeah. Said yeah. no, said no one ever. Right, Eugene. South Africa started their most recent test series today against the West Indies. Yep. South Africa, having won the toss, Temba Bavuma in his first test as captain. And yep. Poor day for him. I think he was duck off. Two balls. Three, two balls or something. It was yep. the second most out LBW you've ever witnessed. The most out. <laughs> The most out one was reviewed later on. Yes, it was. Yeah. Yeah. By I mean, Muthusami, big inducker from Kimar Roach, and he gave it the old T bar. And it turns out yeah. it's crashing into top of middle school. I don't think he's having left. He wants or wants that. Well, South Africa, Ada Markram, 115 on his return to the test side. South Africa were 221 for one. Yep. Yep. Finished the day 314 for eight. Now, Yes, they, they they took some extended time. They, they got to play to like 25 past five in the end, I think. But that old ball started swung, just swung all day. Yeah. Like literally all day. They didn't take, I mean, they only had two or three overs with it. And I think it was spinners at the end. So they wouldn't have taken the new ball. They'll have a fresh one tomorrow. But I think also South Africa are massively in this test because you look at their seam attack. It's just going to be frightening. I must mention, brilliant piece of work to run out. Second mm. wicket down by Josh De Silva. Hashtag Team Woodstock. Hashtag the Woodstock family. Go on, Josh. JDS. Hashtag Yoshi. Anyway, enough about... Can he improve his check, please? Because when old Russ... It's funny. Towards the end of the day, though, because that old... What's his name? Jermaine Blackwood. <laughs> bowled and over, and he just kept bowling full swing. Yeah, full full bowling. <laughs> it was swinging away. And Josh was really funny, to be fair. So and the, the commentators were loving it. But look, the West Indies, they would have thought, probably at lunch... Or halfway through the second session, they're in big trouble, but they fought the way back. And you'd say it's probably even Stevens end of day one. Yeah. I mean, that, that whatever happened post lunch with that ball starting to swing like it did, I mean, it was dead straight, gun barrel straight when Markram and, and Elgar were batting. And then all of a sudden, I mean, I don't know if you saw KG's dismissal where I think it was Holder. Holder was to afternoon, yeah. yeah, crikey. It was just, it, it was hooping towards the end of the day, which is. Reminds me of when Australia toured there, but you know we're not gonna we're not gonna talk about the black and decker cool. scenario. Cool. I'm not. I, by the way, that's not an accusation. What I'm saying is that the ball was swinging more than usual, and I was quite surprised to see it. Yeah, West Indies didn't incorporate Wazi Makram into their team like Australia did. Yeah, yeah. Look, it's it's good to watch cricket in South Africa again. It's good to see so many new names. I'd never heard of Tony Dzorzi. Uh, it's good to see Keegan Peterson back in, Muchasami's back in. I think he's a spinner by trade, which is good. And uh, Gerald Kutsia. So I think there's a whole bunch of new names in South African cricket that we've seen there, which is which is obviously very good. Yeah, as you say, the seam attack for South Africa just looks unreal with 
you got Archie Nokia, you got Gerald Katsia, KG, Marco Janssen, those four seamers, they are just, they're going to be unreal, I think. That Katsia, towards the end, first two balls, just nailed Jason Holder back down the ground for four, straight out of 400. Cheers. I think he's 11 off eight yeah. balls or something. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I did see that. He came in and just, yeah. yeah. Holder was just giving him throwdowns, though, it looked like he those was, two he balls. Was, to be fair, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he was. So, yeah, we will report back next week on how that goes. Jono, do you think, how, how, how important do you think, do you think, do you genuinely think West Indies are in it? Based on the strength of South Africa's attack, I would be very surprised not to see South Africa get up in the game. Mm. Just that because there, 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 there's, I mean, to be fair, to Marco Janssen, who really should, like, start to play the short ball better because he just turns his head away from it. And every time he, he does it, he's just flinching because Shannon Gabriel is really letting go of it. And even he bowled him some back of the length ones. I mean, Gabriel's like frightening. He is quick yeah, and a big imposing boy. And I wouldn't like his black and decker anywhere near my thing, so that's for sure. Yeah, to, I mean, I was watching Janssen. First of all, he got pranged on the... He bats right-handed bolt, doesn't he? Yeah, so yeah, he went on the bottom hand, like a real big impact. And then second short one, he literally, I mean, people, the, the boys can see me, but obviously listeners, you can't. But yeah, just literally turned his back on it and it's missed him by no great distance. He just, it's been very close, yeah. Yeah, so he needs to, yeah, the coaches need to kind of start having a look at that. Especially considering he's seven foot five or whatever he is. I mean, he just he's just got to ride the ball. Just camp yeah, on the front tall. one, don't you? Yeah, so. true. I mean, he should, he should really be pulling it off the front foot. That's 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 my... Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Everyone's Kevin Peterson. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> final, final piece of kind of major international cricket that we should cover off is that uh, the juggernaut that is the Australian women's side won the Women's World T20, it culminated in South Africa. We must congratulate Eugene and his, his country folk on, on reaching the final. The final. Yeah. yeah, I mean, look, the, the South Africa, you'd say, are always up there as one of the top five sides in the women's game. You'd probably say that New Zealand, India, Australia and England would be the, the kind of top four. But South Africa have got some very talented cricketers. I think that Ishmael, who I was convinced before the tournament had retired. Thank God for South Africa, she hadn't. But there's, I mean, Laura Wolfart is a phenomenal player. She's really impressed me over the last two World Cups. That Brits... Who opened yeah, she's good. She's going to really come on. And then there's that young girl who got basically three thousand off five balls against Ireland in a in a in a game. I forget her name. But the future's pretty bright, I think, for South Africans women's international cricket. Huge. Yeah. Congrats. Thirty-one finals or thirty-one attempts to reach a final, and South Africa finally did it through the women's game. So, yeah, massive congratulations to them. Good to good for them to beat England too in a really tight game. Ishmael bowled really well in that final over against the, the England woman. I must say it was tough to watch the England woman lose, but you know, nice to see the South African woman win. And I, I say that because it felt like the England woman lost it, not necessarily that the South African woman won yeah. it. But then I think when, when the Aussies turned up, I mean, Meg Lanny now is the most successful captain ever, even more than Ricky Ponting. She's wow. won. She's got five ICC trophies to her name yeah, as yeah. captain. Yeah. Ricky, Ricky only has four. Um, so, yeah, I mean, as you say, the, the Australian juggernaut that is the woman women's side is just phenomenal so yeah congrats to them just wanted to ask simon disappointing tournament for england i mean you england have to go into every tournament expecting to play in the final you would think well i think you probably i think once they've drawn south and this is no disrespect to south africa i think once they've gone 
to it not being an Australia or India semi. That you, the nature of the tournament suggests if you win, if England win, won, had won their group, which they did, they should have made it to the final. And like you say, the fact that they more through the game to through the game away to South Africa, not through the game, but you know, what I mean, God, we don't need more of that. More, more gave the game to South Africa rather than having it taken from them. I can imagine being quite disappointed. And like, so yeah, but you look at it and go. At the end of the day, like we said before, all the teams are allowed to play well, or the you come up against some sides, and on their day, they 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 do certain things better than than you do, and and that's what happened. South Africa got it right at the end, and England didn't. So, um, but yeah, I think it will probably be a little bit of a disappointment. But they've got you look at it; they they've got a lot of a lot of younger players in, and that'll, that'll be a massive learning experience and playing in those tournaments along alongside the likes of Cat Silverbrunt and. And these people that aren't necessarily playing the longer formats anymore, or or that type of stuff, the the younger girls or uh, younger ladies, sorry, would have would learn a lot from from that. And so, and and they're getting it's increasing awareness and and growth of the women's game. We've seen that, and hopefully, the same now happens in South Africa, and it rolls forward so that we're getting more and more competitive. We're not. Hopefully, we can start getting more sides involved, so you can you can maybe get to a multi-group stage World Cup, so they're playing more game. Mm. At, at that kind of level, because it's no doubt it's getting it's getting better. You look at some of the scores and and some of the, the teams are scoring two hundred and forty odd, and and in in on the whole, it was quite competitive. So it's obviously doing the right thing for women's cricket, which is which is the main thing, really. I think an, an amazing amazing result for South Africa as well, considering how badly they started the tournament, losing yeah. to, to Sri Lanka in the the you know. Big first fixture at Newlands. One thing that we do have to say, and and absolutely mean this wholeheartedly, is that a big reason for the success of the England women's side over a long period now has been Catherine Brunt or Catherine Silver Brunt, who now goes into retirement with just a, a massive, a huge amount of pride. I think with what she's achieved and what she's helped to to bring the game into and how she's helped to bring the game forward certainly in England and across the world a bit of an icon I'd say of, of English women's cricket probably up there with Charlotte Taylor and and, and others I, I think she's been just a phenomenal force for England women's cricket and and enjoy your retirement Catherine and yeah just just enjoy and enjoy watching that and, and whatever you've gone to next we're all incredibly proud of what you've done and what you've achieved and obviously through Woodstock we look after a lot of up-and-coming Young cricketers, including a lot of women's cricketers, Lexi Cantrell, Meg Austin, Priya Kondriuk, Maddie Davies, just to name but a few. So, and and they they're now able to to kind of absolutely love their cricket and have been absolutely inspired by people like Catherine, alongside the rest of the girls. So it's amazing to see the growth of women's cricket, even in the last ten to fifteen years, just how how quickly and the kind of incline that it's on is, is phenomenal. She pinned my brother in a net session that was very very amusing. <laughs> When we were both we were both on the young cricketers staff together, yeah. And Graham was working in London. Graham, my brother, was working in London at the time. He sort of asked, "Can I come in and have a net?" Thought, yeah, sure, no problem. Sort of on the nets outlaws. And Catherine had been in the gym, and she came down, and I was just my brother throwdowns, and she went, "Oh, can I have a bowl?" And I was like, "Yes, of course you can." It saves my arm and all this kind of stuff. And my brother, my brother, obviously he's never he, he was a decent club cricketer. He's just enjoyed cricket. And he was like, as she's getting ready, she was like, what's she like? I was like, oh, yeah, she, she played for England. Like, <laughs> she's good. She, she ran in first ball, bowled it back with length and just pinned him in the ribs. It was, obviously, 
he, he'd only ever seen very limited amount of women's cricket and the yeah. standard that he was watching wasn't the best. And she ran in and robbed him, put his ball down about 74 mile an hour. <laughs> just belted him square. <laughs> Amazing. You, we, we touched, we touched on potential uh, controversial <clears throat> throwing or, or cheating. Now the ICC are looking very, very closely at a match that happened a few days ago. The Isle of Man have been touring Spain in a six-match six series, which they lost 5-0. I presume they should only have lost one to rain or just they decided, fuck this, we're going home, this is shit. They've not scored 100 <laughs> in total. <laughs> yeah. So just to run you through this, if you've not heard about this, because it's not the kind of thing that people really would hear about or, or would really take much notice of. Spain won the toss and elected to field. Isle of Man were bowled out for 10. Mohamed Cameron... Got four for four off four with one maiden, an economy of one. Atif Mahmood, four for six off four. Expensive, if you ask me, but that did include a hat-trick and two maidens. A 1.5 economy. And Lorne Burns, two for none off 0.4. Zero economy. Awais Ahmed got 12 off three balls, including two sixes. Joseph Burrows, poor lad, none for 13 from 0.2 with an economy of 39. <laughs> so they got balled out of 10 and lost inside three rocks. <laughs> I mean, just, I've never seen a scorecard like it. That's horrific. Yeah, two, two legal rocks. One was a no ball. Well, yeah. yes, yeah. <laughs> so this is what I found interesting, actually, because the, the to the the batter is shown as getting 12 off three, yet his bowling figures are none for 13 from 0.2. Yeah, I'm not sure yeah. the computer systems are set up to do that, right? They no, just, no, no, <laughs> it's because it's not clusters. Of, it's 0.2 of an over. Yes. 0.2 legal balls. So if he, if a bowler bowls a wide, it doesn't go on the batter's runs ball's face. But if it's a no yeah. ball, it does. I yeah. mean, I feel I feel like we may be concentrating on the wrong point of everything. Yeah, I've just said. yeah I agree. <laughs> I mean, if we're going to get into the nitty gritty of how many balls face versus how many balls bowled, let's just have well, a word. Have we got um, a time duration on this fixture? Oh, hold on. I'm sure I'll be able to find it. Yeah, there we go. Three minutes, including changing. No, it it wasn't this. I mean, so it's what eight over eight 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 point eight point four overs bold by Spain. Yeah, so it's three it's, it's nine overs in total. Yeah, nine point one overs. Got to be an hour. That, yeah, an including hour. change of ends. Yeah, yeah. That, I tell you what, that is one way of getting in the boozer, isn't it? <laughs> be an interesting tea room afterwards, wouldn't it? Like, I wonder if no. they had a kick. I wonder if those two teams had a kick about after the game. Yeah. Yeah, they could have had another game of cricket. Yeah, a bit, could have had a beer what, match. Imagine if it was like a, an eleven o'clock start. You couldn't have been able to have a pint when you'd finished. No, part, sorry, part the bar's not open. Yeah, yeah. If you got 50, if you hang around for fifteen minutes, you might be able to get yourself a cerveza. But before that, you, you're on, you're an orange. <laughs> what do you reckon the bowling coach said to uh, the Isle of Man? The bowling coach. Yeah, uh, mate, you've got to be more disciplined. You've got to be more disciplined there. Keep that boot behind the line. Can you imagine? being thrown the ball in that situation, you'd be like, oh, fuck off. Give it someone else. What do you, what do you mean? I, I know I'm the opening bowler, but fuck off. <laughs> Especially when the first ball goes to six. Yeah, my exactly. hamstring. Yeah. My hamstring would have gone on the walk back to the top of my mark. Oh, hearing <laughs> me. So, yeah, there we go. On to lighter subjects. Away, well, I say away from cricket. Simon, we had a very, very enjoyable evening last Friday, did we? We did. We did. It was. I went had a lovely, lovely evening at a, a good friend of the podcast, Luke Fletcher's testimonial dinner. The first, the launch dinner. It was fantastic 
to be fair. Absolutely fantastic. Speakers are all good. Graham Swan hosted. He was brilliant. Some really, really good guest speakers, all who spoke very, very well. How annoying is how annoying is Toby Tarrant? I don't find him annoying at all. Um, no, no, no. But I mean, I, I mean, I'm being very sarcastic there yeah, in the sense it's, that it's very hard to find something you dislike about him. Yeah, that's why he's annoying. The only thing I found to be wrong with him was he, he made sure he was back home for his wife by the end of the evening, which I find. Yeah, out. he got in a cab at 12 o'clock, didn't he? Yeah. All the way back to back. London from Nottingham. Yeah. I think he put that on my tab, actually, which is kind of him. But yeah, no, the speakers were amazing. We had Nigel Clough. We had David Coote, who was the referee in the final of the uh, No One Carabao Gives a Fuck Milk Cup, Carabao Cup on Sunday. Swanee was trying to get him to cheat when he was talking to him all that, but luckily United came. Manchester United got the right end of that result. But yeah, so he, really interesting to, to hear some of the stuff that he was talking about. We had a Paralympian who was really funny and just kept taking the piss out of Graham Swan. Who was, and we had Steve Chettle. Chettle. Yeah, who is a, 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 a forest legend. legend to be fair to him. But. So yeah, no, it was brilliant. It really, really good. A lot of a lot of the Knox cricketers were in the room. We had, well, Simon had a really good chat with Halsey. I had a good chat with Joe Clark, Liam Patterson-White, Pete Moores. Obviously, uh, the general, Paul Franks, who we've had on the podcast before, Simon and I had a couple of really good chats with. So just a really, really good room to be in. Like, a lot of love for Fletch and, and the, the kind of service he's given to, to Knotts over the years. And, yeah, many more of really, really cool events to look forward to this year. As I'm, I'm privileged to be on Luke's testimonial committee. So excited to see what the rest of the year holds for that. Yeah, gentlemen, I don't feel like I don't feel like Rantmaster Flash. Like really gave a great account of himself tonight. I, f- I felt like you were a bit, you were a bit measured than you are normally. I was expecting to have to kind of strap myself to my wheelie office chair. To well, it's because I can't. It, the the problem is with stuff like this is that when you can't, you feel like a bit of a so as someone that thinks they know a little bit about the game that has been nowhere near the level of the guys that we're talking about that is has played at a s- semi high level. You get ups and downs in the sport, and you have to learn to deal with them. And, and and guys learn how to win games. And the the people that irritate me the most are the commentators. Like they should know better. They should. And I, and I'm finding it across all sports. And I, I just think it's idle. This you could have someone in football score a 35 yard worldie, and it's it's on the fact that the goalkeeper's positioning shit, or the the fact that someone should have closed him down. I, I just dis, I dislike this. I think it's lazy punditry. But the, the things that get me are when dickheads on social media that have never been anywhere near a cricket field of any kind of level think that they can kind of somehow relate to the fact that Neil Wagner bowling in 86 mile an hour bouncers round the wicket trying to eat in the throat. Oh, yeah, all you've got to do is, oh, it's a shit shot. Really? Yeah. Well... It, you would have been a shit shock because it would have filled you straight on the badge and you would have mm. hit wicket. Like, let's... Like, like these guys, are, and yes, they get paid for it, and, and yes, but the fundamentals of it don't change. They... It's hard. It is hard to do what they do, and at some point it goes wrong, and, and other people are allowed to play well. But, like, yeah, like I say, my main issue is with commentators asking fucking bullshit questions and making bullshit comments Along, same along, like, what would you do in hindsight? Would you do that again with hindsight? Well, it, it makes little or no... Odd. Yeah, cause it makes it makes. Would, would you have played that differently? Yeah, I wouldn't have let it smash into my fucking <clears throat> leg stump. Of course I wouldn't, you daft twat. But, like, yeah, I can't do anything about it now. Would, would you have played... 
they were having go at folks, weren't they? Someone's had a go at folks because he's gone pull for four, pull for four, top edge pull court. Yeah. Oh, well, he's already at the last two for four. Well, if they, the first one top edged it, what would you have said? Yeah. Like, England need England needed six to win, and they, and he's gone top edge. But if he think, if he parks it out the ground, England have won and he walks off. Like I, I think I think this is one of the things that what you said earlier on. Obviously, we're very surprised at how positive we were. I think whereas. It shows the difference between people who probably understand it more so. Maybe I'm bigging our, our own cricket knowledge up there, but we, we've actually seen the game for what it was, whereas a lot of people can only focus on the negatives. Eugene, just before we go, thank you for the uh, the rant part de, there, Simon. I look forward to Sorry. what you're going to bring to the table next week. Eugene, any, any training walks, my friend? Yeah, loads of them. I've done about six of them. Doing about five miles a day at the moment. Okay. Yeah. Just just getting the, 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 the just miles getting moving. Any Peloton yeah. work? Yeah, loads of it. Loads of it. Brilliant. Okay. Every, every day on the Peloton. So, yeah, that's all Super good from my point of view. I was used to play golf with Simon on Saturday, but had to then went to, I had to go and do a club team wear fitting down in London. So, I couldn't play on Saturday, but Simon and I did a six six and a bit miler on, on Sunday with the dogs. And, and Simon yeah. brought Albie, which was nice. Now to get out in a bit of fresh air. Something that I am very, very excited about, gentlemen, very excited about, is we get to reconvene, don't we? In about three weeks' time. We're three weeks today, I believe. 21st of March. Very excited. We're going to Lord's Taverners Golf Day event at Denham Golf Club to be joined by the likes of Joe Root and Michael Vaughan and the rest of the Tabs crew, etc., etc. So, yeah, very, very excited to to share the same space as you both again. Obviously, I see Salmon quite a lot. I mean, it, that was more aimed at you, Eugene. Hopefully, though, you won't consume 27 pints of Foster's this time and then not be able to function for a week as you did last time if you did that. Well, we're not staying overnight, are we? I mean, we can. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely not. It's all not right. You. It's all right. Sarah. She doesn't listen to the podcast. Actually, what, never, never, what, she is aware when I'm at home. <laughs> what we might, what Simon and I were talking about the other day, I think during our training walk, and this, this might cause us our own enough strife that we can't even function on the golf days. Our good friend Bush Pig, who's joining us in our four ball, Simon and I are thinking after we put the babies down, we might drive down to Bush Pigs the night before. But every time you go to Bushpig's house, there's just copious amounts of really expensive red wine. And considering we've got to be at Denham Golf Club, which is in well, West London from East London at 7.30 in the morning for breakfast, that could spell trouble. But we shall see. We shall see. Anyway, thank you for listening. We really do appreciate it. If you do like this podcast, please like, give us a review, five stars only, share, tell all your friends. Etc. Etc. Loads of really good work going on behind the scenes about the Ashes Walk. So we will give you details about that and how you can share it with all your friends. All to raise money for the Lord's Taverners. We're looking to re- raise a ridiculous amount of money over the summer as we do that. 670 miles across 22 days. It is a massive, massive challenge the three of us with some friends and celebrity faces are taking on. But thanks for your continued support. We just, we just love doing this and, and really appreciate the fact that people are willing to listen to three Muppets harp on about our own views on cricket but until the next time gentlemen it's been a pleasure i love you both we will see each other again soon love you bye sports social podcast network
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.